Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thinking, feeling, uh, like thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, snoring partner. You know, you, you've had a long day, you've had a long week, you've had a long, t- you know, t- like trying to say, what, hey, 2017, are you get, what, what's up? How, how are you going to, you're going you're gonna to behave yourself 2017 or what? Uh, whatever it is, I'm going to try to, like I said, I'm going to try to craft, I'm going to try to build, I'm going to try to establish. I guess that's what I'm going to try to do is establish a safe place or a safe, uh, a safe, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing this with my hands where I go the back and forth. My hands are moving in different directions on parallel lines. It means me and you, kind of compra- you know, I don't know what they say. I don't know if it's in French or Spanish, not mano y mano. And that je ne sais quoi, and not not comprende, that just means, I mean, I guess an understanding, a safe place of understanding. I guess that is what I'm trying to establish. Because they say, I understand you're having trouble getting to sleep. I don't know exactly what uh, is causing it. Also, I can barely string together sentences sometimes. Uh, But here's like what I'd like to do. Uh, I'd like to establish a safe place. Of, I'd like to establish an understanding around the safe place, and I'll try to explain it to you. I think by explaining it, I may put you to sleep. That's the goal. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I'm going to use a pace that a snail, like a snail would say, is languid if they were at the movie theater. Not if they if were moving, you know. They think I could out talk. If snails could talk, who knows what they'd say? I mean, it'd probably be tough to understand with all that, whatever's they're covered in, the goop. Also, I do share that. As, as I like to, to, when my brain comes up on this podcast, as it tends to, I, in, or like people say, geez, are you, Scooch, do you, are you a guru? Do you do any? And I say, no, 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 I'm a goo brain. I have a brain full of goo. Right, right brain goo, left brain goop, and uh, they say like uh, instead of gray matter, I have gray. Like you know when uh, like an older adult holds up their hands, like what does it matter? Like that's like my gray matter is doing that. Like I guess like that's an emoticon type thing. Also, I have emoticon on the brain sometimes. Not tonight. I you know mostly goo and goop. Uh, I think I was trying to mention the languid pace of a snail. Mine is more pacing. But actually, that's weird. Well, no, I guess pacing could be anything. I was thinking about pace. I do pace it, but that's in my that's one of my hobbies is pacing. Also, a business practice, but not at this, not during the podcast. I won't do any pacing during the podcast. I constantly try to remind myself: slow down, take it easy, uh, be like that band that sings that song. Take it easy. Uh, but you know, so like, uh, but if you're wondering what I do, what, what do you do in your spare time? Pay, I do some pacing, um, and then, you know, do so we go for walks and also, you know, if I can't go for a walk, I do, you know, indoor walk pace. Uh, but he, here's the uh, safe place. What was it? Establishing a safe place of understanding. I mean, one, I want you to know you're welcome here. Uh, that's why I open the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. I mean it, beyond all binaries. If you're up tonight and you can't fall asleep and you're tossing and turning, you're frustrated, uh, I, I want you to feel like, geez, this is a place for you. And I hope I can put you to sleep. Now, I can't put everybody to sleep, obviously. But I hope at least you feel welcome. You know, even if you don't, like when you go into a restaurant and they're nice, even if you don't eat there, I mean, sometimes then you say, I mean, with this podcast, you don't just, you don't have to feel bad because I'm not really here. So you could just hit stop. But if you go into a restaurant 
And then you see the people are so, oh, welcome, you know, oh, and then they say, well, and then they compliment you. Oh, you you look great tonight, by the way. And uh, what is that? Lavender smells so good. Uh, But then they say, oh, and then you say, so what's on the menu? Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I have goo brain. I can't eat escargot. Actually, I use snails as a metaphor. I can't eat. Do you serve anything? Oh, no, no, no. And you say, well, what? And they say, well, it says it at this. And I say, oh, that's like the joke in uh, Trading Places, escargot. I get it. They say, it's a little dated, but, I, you know, believe me, I make those kind of uh, dated pop culture references on my podcast as well. I'm sorry, but I can't eat. And the whole, you look, what? did I tell you how handsome? No, 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 I don't eat. I can't eat. I have a goo brain. So I can't eat snails. It's just a thing. And it's not an issue... I guess it is an issue because it's like, uh, then, then you just slowly back out of the restaurant and you say, wow, those people were nice. Too bad. I couldn't eat there. And then hopefully it's a dream. Like in my case, that's usually, but I was actually picturing myself somewhere in Florida. Maybe that really happened. I hope not. And, uh, like, uh, but can I, can I pull this back together to any sensible point? I mean, I try to go slow. Oh, I guess that was, what was my point? Oh, you're welcome here. But also, instead of, ser- you know, in- instead I'll instead of serving my, you know, I will be serving up my goo brain, but, but in a way, like I'll be using my goo and my goop and the, they like communicate across the, the, whatever that thing down the middle of your brain is. The part, I think they call that the part, the brain part, like P-A-R-T, you know, not the other kind of part. Uh, that's where, you, that's how they, the, the right and the left to communicate across that. I think it's some other thing, but but that's what we'll call it because it's, it's a little bit different than your part. I was, just in case you're new, I don't have a part uh, with my hair. I was a boy, you might have heard about this, maybe not because it didn't get, it didn't hit the press, but I was the boy born without a part. And uh, I think there's probably like millions of children everywhere that don't have a natural part in their hair, but I'm one of them. But tonight I'd like to put you to sleep. That sounded like a little bit like a, uh, like watching TV at two o'clock on a Saturday comes on. I see. So, so let me see. Let me get the main messages of the opening. If you're new here, I'm glad you're here. I've had a lot of trouble sleeping. That's one of the reasons I make this podcast because I can relate. And that's why I say, you know, I greet you with understanding. One of my strategies is like, for me, one of the things that happens when I can't sleep is that I overthink and, uh, I mean, clearly, with if you've been listening for the last eight minutes, you say, okay, this, this guy's got something going on. And I don't mean in like an IPO or, and I get it, I get it, I got some stuff going. It's a goo, it's goo brain, goop brain. Uh, but I think I had a point and I just got myself distracted. Uh, but it, like, I'm, I'm going to use these, these uh, like uh, liabilities. I've converted them into assets. And the asset is to distract you, to take your mind off of stuff. I'm going to, like, we do like about five minutes to cover business on the podcast at the top of the show. Uh, then we do like an intro where I try to find a metaphor to describe what the podcast is. And ideally, I put a lot of people to sleep because I, uh, you know, we try to get there and normally, you know, we get close. And then uh, tonight we'll have our uh, serial, like, short story series. Oh, no, it's not serial. <laughs> that was my, that was Goo Brain. Goo Brain's in charge of this stuff. Uh, it's an episodic series uh, of uh, barely related short, no, they're pretty related short stories, but independent, I don't know. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but so I've been there, I've been sleepless and, 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 and have trouble falling asleep. And, and so I decided to make this show to take your mind off of stuff. I thought I had a point that I was going for. Why do I make this podcast? I don't know, because I've, I've, I've been there and, and I guess I just figured, why isn't there any adult bedtime stories? Maybe people would like to tell them one. Maybe it puts you to sleep right away. Maybe it keeps you company while you fall asleep. 
Or, you know, maybe if you can't fall asleep, like when I was a kid, I couldn't sleep. So I would listen to the radio for, you know, like, like as a friend, I call myself your boyfriend. Oh, but that was the point I was trying to make dignity and respect. When I can't sleep, I tend to overthink. That's what I'm saying with my brain stuff. And I get like, I get these things. I call them brain bots or you could call them alternative personalities or voices, you know, depending on, you know, I can take it if you say voices, but all these little internal critics and internal anxieties and personality parts and big dreamers or why didn't you do that? Shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, all of those. I call them my brain bots. I mean, I, not not mine. I call them your, I, I can treat your brain bots and, and my goal is to treat them with dignity and respect and win them over. I keep them entertained while you fall asleep. Say, hey, brain bots, come on in. I got that. Didn't do so great on that intro. I know. Thanks. Come on. Roll on over. You know, did I, I usually say this every once in a while when I talk about brain bots. I am. I do have a picture of me with BB-88. I know the one in the movie was BB-8, but this is BB-88. Yeah, another another model. Yeah, 80 models after that model. Correct. Uh, it's in the expanded universe. Uh, the universe that was expanded inside my goop brain. Yeah, BB-88's in the expanded uh, universe of uh, just a localized fan fiction in my medulla. But anyway, I'm glad you're all here. I'm going to tell a little story for someone to, like, I'm going to give a little bit more smoothing to your human. And then I'll keep you company. We'll have a little sleepover. And anytime, you know, you, you just keep a close eye on me because I really, like, I have this podcast, but people sleep, I really don't know what I'm doing. And I know all of you are like special adjustments, they call them. I think they use an MLA, MAL word for you, but I say special adjustments. And you're really good at keeping an eye on stuff. And I know you're good at it like, uh, it, like rewinding tapes all the way to the deep past and predicting stuff into the future. And I could use a whole lot of that tonight. So while you're human, well, you know, you just keep an eye on me. But it, like, excuse me, brain bots. I'm gonna, let me, oh, also, did I tell you how much I love brain bots? I made these shame soda floats for all of you. So you could sip at those. Oh, yes. Uh, and you could just, you, you, as you taste it, you, you could say that it has my entire history in that float. Yep, I, but you're right. I should have called him barely keeping it afloat. You're right. What's your name, Brainbot? BB420. Well, that's, I don't know what to say about that. Hey, get, I better move on. Anyway, I'm going to be back. I'm going to talk to you. Oh, hey, human, I'm back. I get, that was just, so that was a little Brainbot level convo. Uh, but that's what I do. I try to take your mind off stuff. And if you have Brainbots or maybe you have some like something similar Love to help you. And I, and I usually I try to keep it on the adult level. That's like the subtextual thing with me and the brain bots. Yeah, dignity and respect. I mean, when you have like billions of brain bots within you, and, you know, for about 30, 30 some odd years, I fought the other battle, right? You know, we, we, we had disagreements. And I said, well, geez, uh, if you can't, if you can't uh, defeat them, entertain them. And that's what I would like to do for you. I'd also like to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you can get a good night's sleep, okay? Because it's tough. And like I say every episode, when I remember, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Uh, this podcast doesn't work for everybody, but I appreciate your time and, and giving it a try. Give it a few tries. Because uh, not only do I hope, I really yearn to help you fall asleep, all right? And welcome back to another episode of Mosaic Memories. I'm your host, Andy Josephs. And we're here tonight to talk about the mosaics that make up our memories and the beautiful mosaics made by our memories. And we have a guest tonight, and she is going to remain anonymous or somewhat anonymous, so that will be very difficult. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Thank you for having me on. And, you know, so, so this is a Mosaic Memories podcast, or we, I guess I kind of said that. I'm glad to have you here, and I don't know exactly what to call. Oh, you, do you have a good the question, the guest has a question. Go, go ahead, guest. I was just wondering, you still call it a podcast. I remember the podcast, but I, I well, yeah, we still, we, cause now we physically distribute it in, in a pod, an MP, we call it a pod. That's, that's what the, we all decided. 
So it's delivered in pod format and like a little, I'll show you one. I'll, I'll give you one since you, you were nice enough to be on my show. Now you're only my fifth guest. So I, like I'm just, I'm new at, at interviews, but I really appreciate you being here. I'm really having trouble trying to keep you anonymous, but I want to respect your wishes. Well, thank you. Thank you for respecting my wishes. I do appreciate that. And, but I'm just a huge, I'm really stunned, but I know the, the, the mosaic memories, we focus on, you know, the, the little pieces of the mosaic that make it up. Still working on the metaphor thing too, for the, but, it, but what we'd like to do on mosaic memories is talk about a memory and look at the pieces that make it beautiful and whatever edges they may have, whatever shape they may, may take. Are you ready to go on a mosaic memories journey? Well, yeah, I thought it was funny though because mosaic memories. When I got heard from you, I was thinking it was a crafting podcast, and then I said, "Well, there's no such." I didn't think the podcasts were round, but that makes sense that you could just share them in physical pod form, and that actually makes a lot more sense. It's a podcast. It's in this pod, and you just plug the pod in, I assume, and listen to it. It's exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I would, but uh, I think it'll catch on. I think the Mosaic's memories may catch on, but I'm glad. So uh, let me check my notes. I can edit this out, I, I, I hopefully. But Okay, so after, uh, let's politely say this. This is why I had to check my notes. The uh, decentralizations of the government, when, when after that happened... You grew up in a part of the former United States that was well known for its city states. I did, I did, I did grow up in a part known for its city states. Now we were more of a town. Now our town was part of the Peachtree affiliated zone, and we were a stopover, and so we were affiliated. And my father was the caretaker of the town, or you know, those went through different names for those jobs. Uh, but he, he worked for, for the Peachtree Affiliated Group. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, excuse me, my, my guest. Uh, but the reason I asked you to be on the show was it was not for a history, a big history lesson on affiliated zones and city-states. But those are fragments. Uh, those are fragments. Uh, uh, but I was here to have you on uh, for a smaller history lesson. Oh, yes, a seasonal history lesson, I believe. Yes, now, so why don't you take us, let's just go with that. Why don't you take us uh, to the season you're thinking of in the memories you have of it? Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, and thanks for having me on as a guest again and for doing your best to respect my privacy. Now, my daddy... He was always a big fan of Halloween. Even when I was a young child, he took Halloween very seriously. And, you know, other kids, as I was growing up, you know, there was a brief time when I was very young, but young enough to remember that the holidays, you know, there was a time when the holidays would compete with one another. And I think when Daddy was young, he, he just preferred Halloween when in his youth. You know, he preferred Halloween to things in the United States. This is the form of U.S. Uh, uh, to uh, Christmas or the holiday season. That's a more proper terminology. Or Thanksgiving. And then there's other, you know, holidays that people could be fans of, like Easter or summer break and cultural, but cultural holidays are important as well. And, but my father was, he was a fan of Halloween and he was a fan of it. And my mother, I mean, I knew of my father's and his father, I believe was like that as well. Maybe it was his mother. He didn't like to talk about it, but I, I just make an assumption that, excuse me, but he, you know, decorating and all those things. And I can kind of remember, uh, you know, before the fall, before that, that we went trick-or-treating. I have a vague memory of going trick-or-treating with my father. 
And he, but he has a lot of pictures of it, even when I was a baby going trick or treating. And I said, Daddy, you ate all the candy, didn't you? But so he loved it. But in a way, yeah, my father was a serious man. And he, so he took it as almost like, uh, he wasn't competitive, but I think that was driving him underneath was to have the best Halloween, make it the best. And those things. And then as he became leader of our, uh, our, our, our town, uh, Farnsworthington, uh, that was the name we were assigned and that we called, we called it the farm, you know, but Farnsworthington as father became leader, you know, and, and there was a many, so many adjustments in those days, everybody getting used to this new lifestyle and father decided very quickly to hold a yearly Halloween ball. And, you know, ball was in loose terms, you know, based on the traditions of the, the you know, the, of the balls of old. But father would just do his best and this would be something. And this became our town's only, you know, our yearly celebration. And, and father would spend the year collecting and saving and scavenging so that the ball would have candy for the children. And some of the candy would be older, but that those things, you know, uh, things have changed. And then things have changed a little bit now. But there would be punch. He would have punch for the adults and the music. Anyone in town that played music, we'd, they would rehearse. And it was open to all, you know, the different church-going folks. They would come and sing and and, you know, they would adjust it. It became our one holiday, and it was a very uniting thing. And it was a breath, you know, something to look forward to and a place to breathe. And father put, he, now my father, of course, he put a lot of work into it because he took it as everyone celebrated. I could see sometimes on his face, you know, maybe one or two of the lines around his eyes would go slack. You know, but he saw it as one of the lifelines for the town, you know, other than, you know, making sure the Peachtree Affiliated Group kept up with their, with their, their commitments to our town. And the people of the town enjoyed it for a time, for, for a very long time. For most of my childhood, they seemed to enjoy it, and it seemed to work. But then, as things declined elsewhere, they declined in our town as well. And as unity uh, became a thing of the past, you know, that's what father, uh, you know, the diversity of costumes, the diversity of townspeople, even the diversity of ideas or coping mechanisms, uh, father was all for those things. But the idea of keeping us unified and working together and, you know, things really weren't that short at that time. But as the short, as things got shorter and shorter, the, you know, the people started to move away, even though our town was under the purview of the Peachtree Affiliated Group. As you, as you know, as it, I mean, well, maybe your listeners won't know. You know, hope became in short supply. You know, I think that was another thing that Daddy wanted was for people to have hope. You know, and, and I don't know, so I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this to your listeners, but as as things got shorter, they became in our area and in the South as as a whole, the Southern United States, excuse me, so, so Southeastern United States, uh, there became different cooperatives. And I'm, I don't know if you've heard of the stories of these cooperatives but there was a word, a creative use of that word. And you, for the most part, a lot of our townspeople very quickly within uh, one year to the next year in Halloween, the majority of our town had chosen one of these two cooperatives to work with. And the two cooperatives were set at odds. Uh, so these cooperatives, from what I, my understanding is they encouraged cooperation only within their members. and. It, that it, like of joining, joining us or you're not a part of us type philosophy, and seeing anyone like a, the very competitive competitive cooperatives. I guess that is a creative use of the word, as you said. Well, yes, it was it was a dismal time. I mean, 
if you weren't in a cooperative, it it could divide. You know, they use different techniques. The more members a cooperative has, you know, that was when we were on rations. So they would, like in ration taxing and then, so, you know, supplementing your rations and all those things. They were using many different techniques to get more and more people uh, to, 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 to get uh, upset the balance of the cooperatives. And the Peachtree Affiliated Group just maintained, you know, they, they, they had become kind of toothless. But it, it was a different time in their history. And at that point, the next Halloween came, and that one particular ball was a disaster. Because as people, as the, the cooperatives were somewhat new, less than a year old, people were a little bit brasher and looking to make an impression and still seeing the upsides of the cooperative and not the downsides. And, you know, they, they ruined that by that ball, and Father said there would never be another one. And I had thought, you know, he was kidding, you know, in the, in the aftermath of the ball, that he, you know, because he just he made everyone leave. And, you know, he, he went into a quiet, he, he was very upset with the result in, in the, I think for him it was both real and uh, a sign of the discord within our community and that that was a reflection of the overall discord, the discord of the times. It was a discordant time. I guess I'm using that word a lot. I'm a little bit nervous here trying to maintain my anonymity, and I know I'm not doing the best job. Well, don't worry. You're doing great, and we could always— you know, it's just great to have you on this. This is really these pieces of the mosaic are starting to come together. And I feel you going. So, because now we have broken pieces of mosaic balls almost. Mosaic balls. Now, would they, they wouldn't be able to roll at all, would they? Because they have, unless you smoothed it, then it wouldn't be. I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. They're great to be on your show. Thank you again. But so Father said there would be no ball. And as the months passed, and I saw he was more serious, and he had grown uh, to arguing with the Peachtree-affiliated group and telling, you know, making demands on them to help the people. Uh, but it was really a strange time because things were still, oh, it was, people, because things were still tolerable. They were uncomfortable but tolerable. And so Father didn't really have a lot of maneuverability, especially when these cooperatives could, at the time, offer, you know, 1.5 rations in exchange. You know, you could trade out. Anyway, it was tough to compete with that, and it was tough to compete with the visceral nature of the cooperatives, giving people a false sense of empowerment. And I guess Father was probably a little bit embarrassed or you know, his power had been taken away. He saw the ball, Halloween as an empowerment. And now they saw disempowerment as a way to empower the cooperatives by falsely empowering the members by pitting them against one another in hopes that one of the cooperatives would be empowered by disempowering the other cooperative entirely. It sounds like a power struggle for sure. Well, it was. I mean, truly was. It truly, truly was. So, Father, he, I, I would ask him because I, I began to see, I mean, a cloud sweep over my father because this was something we also shared. And it was something that, that I had a huge investment in. You know, we would spend it. This is what we would do together, work on things for the ball. In December, we would do this. We would plan these things. We would plan our costumes. We would always uh, dr- dress in uh, themed costumes together, Father and I. And what was your favorite costume you shared with your father? I'd, ra- I'd rather not talk about that. I'd rather just talk about what I'm talking about right now. Okay, good. I'm sorry. Oh, so no problem. I, I just need, you know, I have some boundaries and I appreciate you respecting them. I mean, it's just hard memory to go that to to go into the costumes. Uh, so we prepared. We were always preparing every every week, every night. We were preparing for the ball, and it was something, as I said, for, for us to invest in. 
and look forward to and be productive and to be a real part of the unity of our town, you know, seeking candy or making deals and saying, well, if we collect this many, you know, those times, you know, defining different things to trade in exchange for candy. Say, well, I got one more piece of candy. And then when we would try to make it, it was always oh, a joy. It was something in fact, that was the time sometimes my father would laugh and joke and I'd feel close to him. And it was, it was, and so I missed it terribly. And I would tell my father and I was just, a, you know, I was just a child or I was on the cusp of adulthood, a young adulthood. And I was learning many things about myself that is rather, you know, that that's part of my anonymity. Uh, but in, in there were time I used different strategies. I begged my father. I cold, cold shouldered him. I tried being childish, and and he would not. Re- I said, Papa, "Papa, please, let's just have this ball." And he said to me, "Finally, he had had enough." And he said to me, "These are serious times, and there's no more time for this. Whatever he said, trift trifling." I said, "I said, Father, that's not even a word." And he said, "I'm being serious." And he said, "The time for things like that is past." And I think I stopped listening when he said, "I'm very serious, and these are serious times." I think it triggered something in me. And I said to myself, well, I guess I have to take this Halloween ball a bit more serious myself if I want to make it happen. And see my way through my father to say, well, this needs some fixing. And I think what father said to me, he was still talking, you know, but I had stopped kind of listening. But he said, you know, we need to counteract the influence of the co-op. I guess I was listening. Because he said we need to counteract the influence of the cooperatives and, you know, maybe the administrative and powers that be at the Peachtree affiliated group, you know, water profiteering, all those things. Father said that's what we need to do. And I thought about these cooperatives and the Peachtree and all these things. And I said to myself, you know, as I said, I said, this is serious. This is a serious portion of this mosaic. And I thought about it, and I learned a little bit more about these cooperatives. I talked to my friends whose parents would show, you know, this was that time, right at the time when children began to, 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 to mirror the parents in a way and say, well, if you're not in the, you know, we'd, I, I was able to still... I think because the children also subconsciously said, well, hers, the dad's the one with the candy. And I thought about what these groups had, and they were powerful groups, but I said there must be more powerful authority than these groups, maybe a more powerful authority than the Peachtree affiliated group. What could it be? And I thought about some of the things my father would rant about, you know, now that he was uh, Halloween free. And then I thought about, I think it was one day when I was just sitting outside and I was watching the water spout on our roof. And it was one of those damp evenings, hadn't rained in a little while, but the leaves that were up in the gutter, I don't know if it was the humidity or the night air, but it started to trickle down. Uh, Is that condensation of water trickling down? And that's when I said, well, that is where, that is a more powerful authority right there. I said, the water allotments, because people can, you know, it was growing. Yeah, I said, the water would be the key. And so I contacted this high high authority. I guess it wasn't a high authority, still lived on the same uh, sea level as we did, but more powerful authority, more influential authority. And, you know, I'm here to stay anonymous, but I had learned a few things on my way to the cusp of adulthood. I had learned some things about myself and, and what I could do, and Father did not know these things. The cooperatives did not know these things, and my friends did not know these things, but I knew them to be true. I knew what I could influence. 
Uh, but I got a hold of this authority, and I, I, at the time, too, I swore that, that's all them to secrecy, and then we made a deal. And we made a wonderful deal, and a deal that you could say is fair, but it was the best deal I could make. And it was an exchange for everyone, where everyone in our town would win, uh, where... Uh, if you came to the ball, it would be a costume. If the concept was, if I could get get them to give me enough, uh, to put the power back in father's hands, to put the power back in the town's hands, in some sense we'd be cooperating in a different way with another authority outside of the the Peachtree affiliated group outside of the cooperatives. Uh, but really, the power was in the people. I mean, the people at this time. That's anyway. You you know you know as well as I do. So I said, well, if we have the ball, and if to attend the ball, you get you win a prize, which is water allotment, a very generous water allotment, and a generous monthly water allotment for a year till the next ball. And you know that water allotment would come. With some caveats. One, no trouble at the ball. That would be to even start your water allotment. Two, you'd already have to be a member of our community, currently a member of our community. Uh, three, your monthly water allotment, you, 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 call, you win against unity. And this would be judgmental, you know, because Father was already in charge of solving these kind of conflicts. But you could you lose your monthly water allotment very easily, and it could not be transferred. Uh, that was another, you know, we figured it out. The, the, the people I was working with, we, they were very sharp people. And then what about the, the other prize? Like, what, what, what were the prizes? Oh, well, you know, there, the, the water was to get the people to come and, and uh, to maintain the peace. And then the prizes were very generous, but not too generous as to to sow discord or jealousy. Uh, but they were luxury rations, we'll just say. And some, you know, some working opportunities. Uh, but then we would also reveal it. It, it, uh, it takes away from the, the, the buildup to the ball, I, I guess is what I'm saying. And what was the cost of all this, of, of all the, the rations, the water, the prizes? Like, what, what was the cost of, of acquiring all these things to, to, to make the ball, to pull the ball off? Well, that, that's a great, great question. The, the cost was peace and unity. If you wanted the prize, uh, the cost would be peace and unity. You could maintain, I don't think a cooperative would keep you. If you're not sharing and in, in letting your rations be taxed, if your t- rations are non-transferable, can't be taxed. Like Adam Warren was getting at the, the the expectation of the benefactor. What did the benefit of the provider? What was the cost for providing? Oh well, that's part of my aim, and aim. I, I prefer not to answer the 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 cost. The benefit was very high keep our town unified and have this ball. So the prizes were going to be, oh, there was big prize. We, 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 it was a lot of prizes. That was another thing. I think I'm forgetting in this story. I guess my memory can be fragmented, but, you know, we had different age groups and top three prizes and then little prizes I mean, at the very least, if you were a member of our town and you didn't cause any trouble for the ball, you got your monthly water allotment, which was much more generous uh, than, and it was in supplement to what the uh, Peachtree Affiliated Group was providing. And what about the risk of the cooperative? Like, what, what was, what did you, did you anticipate their reaction? Because you were just, just barely. You were a young young lady at the time. Well, yes, I was, but it, I mean, and I, but I had this team that I was now working with, this group, and we all knew the uh, cooperatives would be furious. But our town was small, and it really wasn't worth it. You know, we, we were while we were on a supply line, we were a distant ways away. 
And we didn't really have any, like, grand natural resource for the cooperatives. You know, this was more about acquiring numbers of people. Uh, so we, I was confident, and the group was confident that that uh, the allotments of people would say, would slave lab, we don't want anything to do with you. Why would we give up now? We have something to lose. And your cooperative is based on some, you know, we had, it was empowering and, and to have actual water, actual water credits, luxury rations, those were real things. And then to have the next year to look at hope, uh, it, to prepare for. So the next stage was selling father on this whole thing. And, you know, I prefer, uh, I don't think my father listens to podcasts, but so I don't know if he'll hear this, but I mean, I'm sorry. But, but, you know, father did have to be fooled. He couldn't, I don't think any father would, maybe, maybe some would accept his, his young daughter uh, coming to him and with uh, bearing uh, this very generous, uh, uh, it's not generous, so that's just a word. Uh, it, it, there was a lot in exchange for, but the exchange w- would be fair. It w- w- seemed to be fair. So, you know, we 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 figured out an idea, you know, and it would, to play the father's ego and, you know, someone that had lived at our town while father was in charge. We had them pitch father on the idea and, you know, kind of guide father as he decided. And then, uh, you know, I, I didn't, well, excuse, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but wouldn't, wouldn't you have wanted the one, the joy of bringing this to your father, of uh, being the one who saved the Halloween balls that saved your town? Well, I mean, if that was in the possibility, but that just wasn't in the cards, as they say. I'm a realistic person, and uh, what I couldn't risk was, you know, Father saying no, because the wheels were in motion at this point. There was no saying no uh, to this plan in, 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 in any way, because it was also clear to me that even if Father didn't like it, it was going to be what was best for our townspeople. So it was just kid gloves, I guess, your kid with kid gloves trying to guide you. You know, you know, back in the old days, father would tell me about trying to trick his father and his mother and get him cotton candy. He loved cotton candy. Okay, so if you don't mind, so tell me how, tell me about how the ball went. Tell me about this ball. Well, I can't, I can't tell you about the ball without the preparation. So, you know, once the father was made aware of this opportunity, he took it very seriously again. Uh, if he, if his seriousness was an indication of his happiness, he was very happy. Uh, but it seemed to weigh on him in some way. Maybe that it was too good to, not to be true, but to, the goodness of the opportunity to save things and to save Halloween was a little bit hard on him. Uh, so I did my best as we prepared to try to lie. I, I guess my, my relationship of change to father and to Halloween in the preparation, in the time leading up to it, maybe because of my machinations, whatever he'd say, and as a counterpoint to father's increasing seriousness, I tried to maintain a lightness and I think that was an activity that was also going on. If you, if you catch my drift, I'd re- remain anonymous. But that the heaviness of Father was inspiring me. Or maybe it was just a way of adjusting to have a lighter attitude. And I mean, just to help Dad, because he was, so I, we were, and I think it worked well because we were preparing. And then I said, why don't we take this to the town? And, and, and then towns members started helping us prepare. And sometimes I would have to smile and grind my teeth at the same time with Father. But, and, and other the townspeople would as well because, you know, we, we were getting ready. And then he was getting in. This wasn't the time for perfectionism. This is the time for, do you know, 
do which canism, do, do, you know, when you're scavenging decorations or, you know, trying to paint pieces of wood or rocks to say, well, this is a pumpkin rock. It's not, it's close to round. Uh, the reality is, Father, not all pumpkins are round anyway. But it'll be orange if we can find, you know, we're, we're working on orange. So we, and we may, you know, we did our best. And I guess, like, something was growing in me, which was, uh, I don't know. Maybe I saw something in Father that, like, that, that he was just, he was just at a, I don't know. I mean, the daughter's not supposed to wonder about these things, especially at this time, but I wondered if it was Daddy's fault the last, the whole, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Father. But I was wondering if it's his fault that he couldn't maintain the balance in the town. Uh, and that maybe I learned a little bit too much about the way the greater world worked, but it wasn't true, but it was a doubt in my mind now that, Maybe my father was too much of a serious man. And so I started to be more light. And this was a good thing. And it seemed, you know, no one wants to help. Even if there's water, it's easier when you're nice. And not that father wasn't nice. He was just very stern. That is the word I was looking for, stern. And I was able to, you know, give people a room to laugh. And not to chase them away. And I think, you know, the love a daughter has for a father, I've, you know, I wouldn't be chased away uh, like these other townspeople. But now I knew another risk, another threat to the the unity of our people. And I tried to balance things out, and I think I did a good job. And, you know, because people started to get very excited. And other than the prizes, it wasn't that much different. We just had to do our best again. and we, we one of the goals behind the scenes was not to make it too grand, not to get expectations too high, not to make it like the prize is too big. You know, the prize would be the reunification of our town and not in any even grand way to just to say, well, I'm if I have to be nice to you to keep the water flowing, I, I, I will do it. And if I get a candy bar and to, before dressing up as, uh, you know, whatever people chose to, uh, you know, a singing mule, I remember, was one of my favorite costumes. Now, what was it? Could you tell us about who won the costume contest? Well, that's that. That's, is that a leading question? Well, why don't we go just to the ball then? So the ball came. And there was people were excited, and and we did have to find a way to deal with uh, welcoming people from other nearby communities, and and you know with the understanding they wouldn't get you know we had we had figured most of that out, and we we tried to make it welcoming, but but it was also I mean, I mean how do you do things like this? You know how do you have a we did our best, and, and we were having a time. There was dancing, and then we were getting ready for the costumes, and people were dressed up and and having fun. And it was real fun, and I, even Father was having a good time. I saw him, and if in the past the balls had reduced one line from his eyes, there was two or three reduced this year. So he, we were having quite a time. I mean, Father was even dancing with some of the women in town, which were hadn't. It, it was nice. And of course, all nice things. This wouldn't be a story, you know, if it didn't have another piece to it. I wouldn't be here to tell you. And I wouldn't feel strange about maintaining some sense of uh, who I am. But both cooperatives came. You know, they had heard... Again, I don't know if people, you know, word had gotten to the cooperatives. And even though they were toothless, they were also spineless. And I think they thought they would come in and they would rain on a parade, to to, to put the words, because they didn't really have any uh, control. 
and there was there was you know enough of us townspeople, and you can't take a water credit. It's just not possible. The the you know these companies the these groups had figured out you know so they didn't really have any power. But they you know when you take power away, you know people can get irritable. So they showed up. And they showed up with big talk and loud noises and, you know, telling my father this and that. And they interrupted the costume contest. That's why, you know, I was trying to lead up to that, that we we wouldn't. And then they said the costume contest had canceled and father said it isn't. And for for, for a short time, I thought things were going to spiral a little bit out of control. They got things went from pleasant to serious very quickly, and those lines reappeared on my father's face. And even though the cooperatives, the groups that came from these two, you know, thought they could tear a town back apart, they couldn't. But they thought they could with the brash attitudes. And one of the things we had done that was going to be a surprise to people that weren't involved, oh, it was open to all, was, you know, you see those videos of the groups coming up with the group dance together. Like the people at the the Pixar movie studio, if you ever heard of that. But I don't, they, they still show that video sometimes. And they're all dancing to that song about thrilling or thrillers. And that was what I had planned next. So I gave the sign to the band, you know, to start up their version with this, with the sound effects and then uh, to the children and the adults to start the play, you know. And I took control of the situation. And I mean beyond, silently I took control of the situation. And... I think this will be crossing, losing my anonymity because I tried to dance around it. But Father was aware of my capabilities when it came. Uh, I think he was aware, and I think he had tucked it away in the back of his mind, uh, to, you know, because I, I was his child, and he wanted me to both believe that I was just like any other child. And he knew that people didn't need to know uh, what what I could do uh, to say, I mean, I just not danced around it too much, but, but to, to say I had some powers. And so, I, and, uh, you know, I rarely use my powers because there wasn't, at the time, you know, uh, I had mostly everything I needed. Like I said, life was tolerable. And up until the past year, things have been pretty good with Father and I. But I wasn't about to stand for these cooperatives, uh, ruining our ball, dividing our people, and stirring up trouble. But I had had seen Father's way of dealing with it, and I think that's what affected my reaction. And so I took my powers and used the power of dance because we were already all dancing together. And so I took those cooperative members uh, under my power or using my, I mean, it's tough to explain, but let's just pretend that they were under my power. They were really under the influence of a power uh, uh, below, you know, deep below all of us uh, uh, that keeps us, our feet planted on this planet Earth as we, we continue to rotate and revolve around the sun. But I used my powers, and I used it to make these people dance from the collective, to dance in, what do they call it? It wasn't really a flash. It wasn't flash dancing. That was another one, another song. But we were dancing to the song Thriller, and they began to dance along, and I knew the moves, and I was in sync, and I was dancing. And it wasn't just one song. We had segues into things from the Rocky, the Rocky Picture Show. And all the little children were doing their own dances. And then we would dance back and there was dance-offs. And I made, 
those cooperative members staying so long the whole time. And you, the rise, uh, at first were a little bit confused, but then as they, you know, had a loose hold on them and then they, I think most of them started to think they were just dancing along or the night was strange. And then towards the end, I danced them right out of town. I danced them right out of town and right to the edge of town, dancing the whole way, moonwalking a, a, a bit of it, but I didn't want to wear out their shoes either. I should have probably. But as I was dancing them out of town, the father had called on at some point, and he interrupted everything at that point once he knew I think once he saw the moon walking out the door, he called to me and said my name and called the band to stop and stood up and said, what are you doing? And he said in a very serious way, now I was uh, I still had that thrill of dance, the adrenaline, the sweat, uh, the breathing from dancing myself. Father, he did not dance. He watched the dance and smiled. And as I panted, as I cooled down, and my muscles were loose, my manner was loose, and I was buzz. You know, I had a little dancing buzz. And we would have been laughing the whole time. And I felt like not only was it, I felt like this dancing them out of town was a symbolic win for our town. And I just felt like, you know, the night had turned and it had turned back again. But for Father, it wasn't enough. He knew I had taken control of the members of the uh, two cooperatives. And he called for me uh, to, 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 to take them beyond dancing, to dance and another way and then he tried to take me aside and say you know this is our opportunity to save the town and i said exactly daddy we're here we're saving the town the town will be saved every month when the water and i said you we're, we're we're having fun yeah and, and everyone was looking at him in confusion you know he had been on this road for some time and authority is both a title and, you know, a way of behavior, I believe. And he wanted he wanted more from me. And I told him, no. I said, Father, would they're going to dance right out of town and that'll be it. Uh, and I think maybe his brain started to make the connections that uh, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, he never. It's okay. Take, take your time. Take your time. Well. I mean, then my father, he, he thought he was going to take things into his own hands, and I had to stop him. He ran out the door as I danced them away, and I had to take father within my control, and I just uh, froze him in a very serious way, uh, he, where he was standing in one place and he could not move. He was very unhappy with me, and... Uh, but the the... The manifestation was that is that he, his, uh, I, the town didn't even know about my powers, but my powers had influenced them indirectly. And the lightness, uh, uh, I guess I had to, I had to change it again. I said, I said, I grounded my father. And I told him that, and I said, Excuse us, lady, you know, excuse us, you know, and now, you know, not that long, the relief of them people, the the party went on, but it was over for father and I. And, you know, father was made aware, uh, I I, I guess I had to, I, I had to ground my father, I had to tell him, uh, what I had done, uh, what the cost was going to be to keep our town in water and extra rations, what the commitment was, and that father, that he was grounded, that he, he could no longer, uh, 
even symbolically leave, lead our town. And but but I knew I, some of the commitments I made it was going to be a brief time for me to lead it, and I was much too young, you know. And so, you know, it's going to be complicated. I, I don't know. This is a mosaic part. My memory doesn't even quite record it. But it was a, it was, it was a, the end of my childhood that day, you know, with my father. Now, let me tell you what he told me. He said, I love you so much. And he was very proud. He was both devastated and, and devastated by the love. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, our relationship was forever changed that day. I mean, not many people, you know, and I guess when you're making a mosaic of memories, have a day where you outgrow your father. But I did. That was that day. And, you know, I had to remind father from time to time after that that he was grounded and that this serious manner of his was affecting the town. And that my powers could change that, but I would prefer, you know, and if father, he couldn't change, you know, but he couldn't change that he loved me at the same time. And so, you know, it wasn't long that he moved, moved on from town. And, you know, it wasn't long before things became, began to change again, you know, I couldn't hide my powers uh, much longer. And the commitments I'd made to keep our town uh, full of water and food and 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 unified, it couldn't it couldn't keep that secret much longer either. I mean, you can wear a mask and you can wear a cape and you can do all those things, uh, but our town continued to have Halloween balls. Some, you know, sparsely attended, and some not so sparsely attended. And your father, after he left town and after he left those responsibilities, he became a less serious man. Uh, and I, I still would go visit him and, and check in on him. And I had, you know, his energy. I, I love my father. And I guess I found it's tough to explain these things without being, but the gravity was taken out of a relationship, I guess. And so when I would visit him, you know, I'd bring him some Halloween candy and I would knock on his door and say, trick or treat. So suddenly our relationship was much lighter and, you know, the world was yet again changing. And so what was important became important again. And I think father's eyes I don't know. I mean, I, I was growing up, too, so it's like, you know, the bird flies away. But, the bird, you know, I don't know if the bird returns to the same nest or not, but I did. I said, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it sounds like a sad story, but, in fact, it's not sad at all. You know, it's just like uh, these, these are the things that happen. And I love my father. You know, did I learn more about him and... and in him, in the cost of his seriousness, well, you know, I wouldn't be a serious person without him, and I think I, I fell back into those same uh, patterns many a time. So thank, thank you. I hope that's enough of mosaic for you, because it's enough for me uh, sharing all these things. Thank you. Uh, uh, what's your name, Little Joseph Andy? Whatever your name. Thank you for having me on. All right, thanks you. Thanks. Wow. That, so that's Mosaic Memories, uh, your favorite podcast about the Mosaics Memories. Good night, everybody. Uh, I want to thank everybody over on Patreon that's supporting the show on a monthly basis, Carol and, uh, and Tracy. Thanks and good night. Uh, Michelle W., Rebecca D., and Sarah O., thank you and good night. Uh, Susan S. to the E., Jennifer P. to the N., and Jessica to the age, uh, excuse me. Uh, thank you and good night. Uh, good night to Jennifer K, Carla C, and Zoe P. Thank you and good night. Good night, Heidi L. Good night, Andrew G, and Tracy P. Good night. I don't know if you can say a big good night, but a big good night because I, well, I just did. Don D, Chrissy D, and James R. Thanks and good night. 
Good night to Sherry Ann and Raina W. Allen Y. Thank you and good night. Uh, good night to Amy, uh, to Julia S. Uh, and Carla M. Thank you and good night. Uh, good night to Karen. Uh, good night to Kate C. Good night to Julia F. Thank you and good night. Kirk, good night. Uh, Harriet, good night. Marie, thank you and good night. Uh, by the way, Joe, by the way, Cassie, and by the way, Yvonne, thank you and good night. Uh, did I mention good night to Emily and Alexa? That's going to trigger some. Tr- uh, well, Sue and Suzanne, S, thank you and good night. And by the way, good night to Alex and Mike and Emily, thank you and good night. Heather J., thank you and good night. Cindy, thank you and good night. David D., thank you and good night. Sarah C., thank you and good night. Uh, thank you and good night to Arturo L., Daryl J., Shell F., Paul H., and John. Thank you, thank you, thank you and good night. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you and good night. And then over on PayPal, I want to thanks and say thanks and good night to Laura A. Hazel O to the T. Thank you and good night. Uh, Diane S. Thank you and good night. Stephanie L. Thank you and good night. Uh, Michelle W. Thank you and good night. Joanne. Thank you and good night. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you and good night to Margaret P. Uh, thank you and good night to Nancy and Kai and Robin. Thank you and good night to Noel. Uh, thank you and good night to Hetzel. Uh, good night and thank you to Sherry. Uh, thanks and good night to Samuel. And I'm looking forward to watching you, Samuel. Uh, Mallory V., thank you and good night. Brian F., thank you and good night. Sarah J. to the W., thank you and good night. Hope, thank you and good night. I was hoping they'd get to thank you with a pun. Good night and thank you. Brian, thanks and good night. And Rachel, thank you and good night. And then our friends on Venmo, thanks to Ellen and Persephone. Thank you both. Thank you and good night. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Uh, Really, really big help. Thank you and sleep well. Good night.